I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are continuing our look at the films of Sammo Hung with 1981's Prodigal Son, directed and kind of starring uh, <laughs> Sammo Hung, but mainly starring Yoon Byu, who we've actually haven't seen in the podcast for a little bit, so it's cool to get to see him do a little more, some more flips and stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. You know, and I think by many, uh, myself included, this is a true kung fu classic. Not for some of the reasons that we might reach for with some of the other movies where it's just like really entertaining and good fights. It does contain all of that, but it's also just an incredibly well-crafted film and really hangs together and holds up, you know, these many these many years later. This is almost kind of, in some ways, like peak Sammo, peak Yunbyu, Peak Lam Ching Ying, peak Golden Harvest crew. Um, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is such a treat. This is a 1981. Yeah, so we've covered Dreadnought. I think was 1981 as well. I believe so. And uh, yeah, this movie holds up really well. It's very well paced and similar to the works that we covered with Lao Garlang. I think the martial arts of the narrative really is a, a a big part of it you know you you kind of yeah, see this yeah. as a love letter to wing chun i didn't see this movie before doing the podcast and i'm kind of ashamed of it because it's this movie is amazing it's it's so good in so many different ways well and it's cool um comparing it maybe to some of the lao garlong films we were watching say like uh executioners from shaolin where right. you have kind of an extended uh safety zone training kind of part of the movie um mm-hmm. but even though this is really only a handful of years later uh there's just so much more confidence and propulsion uh in how Samo really handles the plot and the 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 pace of of the film it's really yeah, it's really kind of remarkable. I mean, it almost makes some of those films read a little bit older than than they are. I'm mean, not not you know not trying mm-hmm. to put anything down or whatever, but really yeah. just trying to put put this movie up because it mm-hmm. it does really stand out amongst uh, some of its some of its peers. And again, this is only a, a few years after Samo's directorial debut, which we were looking at last time. And I don't know, it seems like such an evolved filmmaker from. From that movie, I didn't, did you guys kind of have that same read? I totally see that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's it's not just. I mean, with Iron Fisted Monk, we were like, man, this guy already has fighting down on camera, right? But yeah, the evolution to to me is just how, like I said, how well paced this film is. You know, they 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 string you along, and uh, before you know it, you know, you're an hour in, you're like, wow, this movie's just moving. And it's just so entertaining in so many different ways. There are things in this film that I never thought I would see in a, a kung fu movie. And <laughs> when I did see it, it's like, man, this is this is great. I loved it. But I really like that you mentioned Executioners from Shaolin, because that film also touched on a lot of key things about Wing Chun that yeah. uh, you can kind of relate to this movie as well you know you see the red boat opera troupe 
in uh, Executioners from Shaolin, and yeah, that's, how, uh, could, how could we forget? That's uh, right. It's a major part, part of, of this movie. film. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. and I feel like it feels similar to Dreadnought in a lot of ways too. Uh, with, yeah, totally. Well, with you and Bue being the lead, and it very much focusing around, well, one actually has Wong Fei Hung, and one kind of has a <laughs> Wong Fei Hung type in it, right? Sure. And also, um, yeah, and and the Chinese opera, yeah, well. exactly. And uh, yeah, it's so it's so exciting seeing kind of Samo's perspective on on the opera and i think it really does stand uh it does stand out you, you really get some of his you know his individual take because it does feel a little different than the opera we saw in dreadnought or marshall club and yeah we also really gotta give some major shout outs to lam Ying. in some ways he's almost the lead of the film um mm, yeah i mean yeah. it's definitely it's definitely a yun Biu vehicle but it's interesting at least for me i would say my my favorite two Yunbyu sort of weeding films would be the the movies we're talking about uh, right now, which The Prodigal Son and Dreadnought. And it's interesting in both of those. I think some of the success is finding ways to, uh, in terms of the story and his character, to kind of curtail his incredible uh, kung fu prowess and acrobatic, you know, skill and everything. And and in both films. He's yeah, he's really not kind of playing the traditional uh leading man and in Prodigal Son, he's really sharing a lot of the uh the focus of the story with Lam Ching Ying's character and and of course once Sammo Hung enters your movie, he just has such magnetic force. It's he's just so interesting to watch. Yeah, I think without maybe even intending to, he he definitely takes a lot of the focus once once you get to that kind of middle portion of the movie. I think that Lam Ching Ying as you know the kind of master role in this film might be one of my favorite archetypal master roles like because i yeah. didn't see it becoming what it what it was in the film and um right. him as lung yi tai is like really really cool really uh engaging you know he's got this kind of emotional distance but you kind of see that that there you get a really good payoff between master and student yeah and totally and they, although, they have like a cla- there's like a clash of classes and um, yeah like income strata like the idea that this master is actually this opera performer is i don't know really exciting and that uh he's a little ashamed to be taking this really wealthy kid under his wing yeah 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 and like how he kind of perceives his role he doesn't you almost think of him not he doesn't think of himself as a master you know he talks down about it him his role and he talks kind of he t- you can tell how passionate he is about his wing chun because he's very protective of it you know and it's really cool seeing the relationship evolve between him and lung chang in the film of like this kind of I don't know, that, that that tug that resistance you know mm-hmm. and how yeah, it ends up becoming really important to both of them and how you know, towards the end of the film, that really becomes a big part of Lung Chang's motivation to be a martial artist. Yeah, I I definitely think this movie fits in with the La Carlong movies a lot because yeah. it's it's all about the styles and about the training and, and all right, that. Right. But it also really does have like an actually a really interesting like kind of interpersonal relationships, which I feel like we don't see too much in these movies, yeah, which I right. really like. Um, it's not just about, you know, your style is better than mine or I need to train harder. It's, you know, about like 
one of my favorite lines in the movie, obviously we'll, we'll get to it, but one of my favorite lines is uh, closer to the end of the movie. Whenever UMBU's character basically says, if you don't teach people this style of Wing Chun, then it's going to die with you. And yeah. that's just a really cool. And that like that actually makes Lam Chen Ying's character like really think because yeah, know, totally. it's just really cool to see like, you know, people having personal reflection and having growth, not just in their abilities, but, you know, as characters. Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's like, um, like you're saying, it's a story that is driven in large part by the martial arts and puts a real spotlight on Wing Chun in particular. But, um, yeah, I would say compared to, to maybe some other Hong Kong films, uh, of this ilk, like all the humanity reads really strong and reads really true. And yeah, even the just kind of the central premise. I love the title of this movie. It's probably one of the better English titles of a Kung Fu film, but it, it might be a little bit misleading to Westerners that kind of uh, attach that to like the Bible story. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's more right. like this, the spoiled brat or something mm-hmm. would maybe yeah, people be forget that it was called the prodigal. The story is called the prodigal son because of the son going off and spending all of his father's money recklessly, not because he came back and repented. At yeah, the exactly. Yeah. In the West, we kind of attach to that, to that part to, or to sort of the part. moral of, of that story or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a really clever Kung Fu premise. And I think it's a great way in for, for someone that might not even have like a background or kind of a previous interest in Kung Fu films. I feel like we can all kind of relate to this, but what's, what's great about what, Samo and uh, Barry Wong, I think, also worked on the script, the script with Samo. Yeah. Um, what they, what's, what I think kind of seals the deal and what makes Yunbi's character so strong is, uh, when he finds out what's happening, that basically everyone around him is kind of uh, completing this fantasy, this fantasy that he is this incredibly powerful kung fu kid, basically because his dad doesn't want him to get hurt. And so behind the scenes, they're paying off any would-be opponents. Um, but anyways, what is so special about it, I think, is that when Yun Bio's character finds out, he's really hurt by it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want to just uh, kind of ride the coattails of his father's riches. And yeah, I don't know. It's really relatable characters, even if it's a situation or maybe a cultural environment that, uh, you know, someone isn't very exposed to i just feel like all the human like all the kind of humanity humanity like elements and like you're saying matthew the interpersonal relationships are just so strong in this movie for sure and so before we get into the movie i really wanted to just go through wing chun like the lineage because actually lung jan and the main characters in this film are based on uh you know it's a fictional tale but it's also based on um, supposedly these true martial artists that were like the, I guess, like the royal lineage of Wing Chun. So the royal lineage can be dated back to Shaolin. So we've seen in Executioners from Shaolin, Pai Mei, he's also one of these uh, five legendary elders of Shaolin. So when the Qing dynasty mm-hmm. decided to destroy Shaolin for harboring you know, fugitives or whatever their reasoning, five of uh, these elders of Shaolin kind of escaped. And one of the five was actually a woman and her name was Ying Mui. You also hear uh, Wu Mei, I believe is the Mandarin version of that. 
So what happened was her being a woman studying in Shaolin, uh, she ended up developing her own martial art that was based on the teachings of Shaolin, but they were more applicable to uh, maybe somebody that was of, uh, I guess, like not as strong, uh, not as muscly as a man. So in doing that, she actually made that martial art more applicable to many people. So anybody could really practice this style. And um, she escaped. And basically what ended up happening is while she was in her travels, she encountered, and this is like some stories that have been passed down by word of mouth. So she encountered a older man that was running a tofu shop. And in this tofu shop, he had a daughter and um, there was a kind of like a soldier that kind of had his eyes on this woman. And she, uh, she liked the shop. So she's told the woman, she's like, I will teach you like my martial arts. And what ended up happening is they kind of made a challenge to this man that wanted to take the white take the girl away like if you can defeat me you can marry me but uh, she learned from one of the five masters of shaolin right (laughs) right (laughs) so she trounced him she totally demolished him and this uh young woman her name is yim wing chun she ended up marrying another man and then teaching that man the 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 stuff that she learned from ing moi and he ended up naming the martial arts style after his wife So that's where we've got that. So that lineage kind of travels down through different masters. And there's a Lung Lao Kwai. And he's actually where the Red Boat Opera Troupe comes in. Where what we saw in Executioners from Shaolin, how they were kind of on the run from the government. But they were also doing this kind of subversive opera troupe down the river. And then on the Red Boat Opera Troupe, we have Lung Yi Tai and Wong Wa Bo, who are the characters that we encounter in this film and they are the ones that ended up training lung jan so in this film they call him long chang i believe in the subtitle and dub versions so these are the characters that we see in the prodigal son so it's pretty cool seeing how all of that kind of ties together and actually i mentioned uh warriors 2 last episode and in warriors 2 um we have the elderly master that's actually yun Bu's character in this film long chang he's oh cool he's like the master in that film yeah so i definitely i mean if you yeah like warriors 2 is one of the first real um kind of significant wing chung focused movies i mean obviously like we said executioners that's an important part of the part of the story but it's clear that it's a martial art that is very close to samuel's heart Mm. and he took kind of an interesting interpretation of of wing chun from what i understand i think some directors and fight choreographers had found it a little uh a little challenging to incorporate a lot of wing chun in cinema choreography and so supposedly with the prodigal son samuel's kind of reinterpreting the history as though this is kind of an earlier period in the style and so it's almost kind of this fusion of wing chun and like traditional shaolin moves Mm. and like most samo uh martial arts ideas it it really pays off this is just some i think yeah some of the most beautiful choreography um in some ways it's it i would almost describe it as a little bit more mature maybe that's the the wrong term but it's less about really flashy kicks and flips um 
but just beautiful, beautiful forms and combined with these incredible performers. And like we said, the, the great golden harvest, uh, crew behind the camera. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. I could just <laughs> kind of watch this <laughs> over. Yeah. Over and over again, dude, that's, yeah. that's so cool that like all that Wing Chun background and some, someday we may get to actually the, the movie called Wing Chun, which is sort of a dramatization Ooh, um, great. of, uh, the, the namesake of, of the style. And that's, uh, and Michelle Yeoh plays the character and Donnie Yen, which is appropriate. So yeah. So that's a great one. Well, cool. Well, I guess it's time for us to jump into the movie then, but first let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Young Lung Chang is riding high as the town's would-be hero. Lung Chang's the best fighter! But a chance encounter with the famous Red Boat Opera Troupe and its star Lung Yitai reveal harsh truths about Chang and his path as a martial artist. You're going through his non-existence. Chang now seeks the wisdom of a reluctant master, and a new rival in town could pose a threat greater than he could ever imagine. I just do as I please, and that's to challenge. Samuel Hung brings you a new legend using the heroes of Wing Chun, Yuen Biu, Frankie Chan, and Lam Ching-Ying star in the action-packed masterpiece, The Prodigal Son. Oh yeah, I think I saw on the Wing Chun Wikipedia page, apparently Victor Wooten knows I, Wing Chun. I saw that too. Who's that? He's the, oh, have you not heard of Bell Fleck and the Fleck Tones? Oh, I've Look, yeah, he's mean. the he's okay. the bassist he's of the that bassist. band, and, and also just like a musical. He's wild. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's wild. Nice. He's, um, he's almost like a he's kind of like a Dalai Lama of music in some ways. <laughs> what? Like he's genuinely he's genuinely one of the greatest bassists alive. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's nice. incredible. And he, has, he has this book called The Music Lesson. Is that what it's called, Matthew? Oh, I'm not sure. Um and yeah, anyways, it's really just really kind of profound writing on music yeah. too. So you're a really cool guy. But apparently he knows Wing Chun. Nice. <laughs> so don't come at him like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, probably should talk about the actual movie. Cool. <laughs> um, first off, the the dub that's on Amazon is an old British dub, and it's amazing. Oh, yeah. oh it's so Sweet. good. I've got it. What? Louder. You know I'm a little hard of hearing. Oh, I love the dub for this movie so much. And it's yeah. it's pretty dang true, too, based on the uh, the subtitle version I saw as well. Uh, it yeah, is, it's like it funny. changed a couple of things, but it really does. It works really well. You know, these dubs get, um, I think, criticized, but it's one of those kind of easy criticisms like, oh, there is a lens flare. I saw it. I recognize it as a lens flare. It's like, OK, sure. Yeah. Um, it's like. But it, it, I think the the biggest criticism probably of these dubs, which I really respect, is that they <laughs> they wanted to actually create this immer- immersive feeling as though you're not watching a dub. So that's why they care so much about timing their language with the the mouth movements of the actors. But that's probably the thing that they're most mocked for, um, <laughs> which is because it's there end up being all these kind of unnatural pauses, but. Really, the care with the translation, and I really think there are some dubs where there's uh, a little bit more care in that dub script than there is even in the original film. The Prodigal Son is not a it's not a, a case of that at all. But anyways, yeah, it's awesome dub, and the voices that we hear the most often, the voices for Yun Biu and for Lam Ching Ying's character, aren't voices that you hear too often in these dubs so they're really i don't know just funny and interesting and mm-hmm. the the dubbing voice of sammo is 
hilarious. And... <laughs> Listen, now I'll talk to you in an educated way. Uh, yeah, it's it's so good. Oh, and also what's special about this movie is the villain is also the composer of the score. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring it up when we saw him. But yeah, mm-hmm. Frankie Chan uh, is the main antagonist to, of course, in, in true Kung Fu movie fashion, the main antagonist we don't see until about like 30 minutes into the movie <laughs> or something. Yeah, uh, but, his, but, but you notice uh, his score even... Uh, I, yeah, I would say um, it's one of the more forward scores of mm-hmm. this this kind of kung fu period that that we've been watching, and um, yeah, really really effective. I think in a lot of ways, it's uh, I would describe a lot of it at least in the first half of the film as maybe kind of lightening the tone of yeah. what what could be maybe read a little more sort of somber. Sure, um, but I, I like kind of really like great. the the wholesome kind of there's like yeah this thematic material throughout the film yeah. that you kind of hear the 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 music call back to and i like that it's kind of like this cheery uplifting thing in the midst of all this kind of stuff that's going on i think that really pays off when later in the film when they're finally like training the wing chun like yeah totally with, with the, on top of the table that that's like really nice it's very effective yeah, but and there's this you, great little like hero motive yeah. uh, in the final fight uh, that's oh yeah so there is good. which is which yeah. is really cool because we haven't really seen too much like scoring scoring in right. in the uh, in these older movies at least yeah, yeah well, we get right. these pieces of music of, that are reappropriated yeah, it's from basically other stuff. it's just yeah. nothing but like Italian movie uh, <laughs> scores from Italian movies yeah. from the sixties and seventies. And the yeah. Death Star blowing and, up. And since you mentioned that, the one time that they do kind of pull something you recognize, was, yeah, it's actually something that's intentional. <laughs> right, and it's super yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. We should ju- uh, let's we could jump around to that, but because like, you were kind of calling it out earlier, Matthew, that there there's almost like a Wong Fei Hungish moment in character. Mm-hmm. Um I love yeah, whenever, how they do this. Yeah, whenever we're very first introduced to Sammo Hung, uh kind of it makes you think that it's gonna be a actually similar to Dreadnought because we because uh, he we see like this paper and like this calligraphy pen and everything and the Wong Fei Hung theme starts up and you see Sammo and he gets behind the desk and then just lets out a big old yawn and's like scratching himself <laughs> and the music like dies it, out. Yeah, it, like pitches down. It's like Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a record player got unplugged or something. It's really yeah. effective. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. And what I love, yeah, I I mean that calligraphy scene obviously is is incredible but what i love is um i don't think it takes any it doesn't steal any thunder from the great calligraphy sort of fight sequence with wong fei hung and magnificent butcher um that's what i'm saying oh you're right right but yeah they're just kind of these cool companion pieces and do either of you know much about the actress that plays twiggy um, that's with yeah, that's with Samo here. She's, uh, she yeah, she's in, so good. She's so good. She, oh, this, yeah, she's man. great in this. Oh, uh, hang on. I had her name written down. Ho Wai Han is her name. And she's only been in a few movies. It kind of makes me feel sad that she's she's a bigger girl. And two of two of the seven roles that I can find from her are fat girl. So. Oh, man. <laughs> but she yeah, really I is mean, super funny. She plays a really great straight man to Samo. And to yeah, you, totally. I think. And you, you know, yeah. Their interactions. Yep. And yeah, they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't really chase it down. But there is even a little bit of like almost kind of love interest 
like early kind of sparks with her and yeah be his character which is yeah it's it's cool but yeah i don't know i i love how how long we sort of have to wait to get to sammo um yeah it's one of my favorite things in a film is when you have kind of a really a really difficult situation that takes you out of act one um and we have like a pretty brutal situation in this movie and when you can introduce a brand new character on the heels of that that can just kind of give you all this life i don't know it's yeah it's one of my favorite things and and yeah really this we've talked a lot about like the trio of jackie yunbyu and sammo but in sammo's own films there's this really special trio of he yunbyu and lam ching ying and this is kind of the movie i think about when Oh, I can. Yeah, I can totally see that. So jumping back to the very beginning of the movie, uh, that's that's whenever we get our obligatory uh, tea tea house set piece. (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of introduces us to you and you as Lung Chang, who's this, you know, he's this rich boy that says he's the best, you know, kung fu fighter in town and everyone's trying to fight him to prove how good they are. But of course, we find out that the that what's really happening is that everyone is is getting paid off by by his yeah. ferrets, basically to to pretend to lose to him. Yeah, mm. and it's funny he's got his little sidekick, and he's kind of doing all the dirty work under Peter Chanlong's character. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've got so many red nosed characters. In this I was, movie. Yeah, that's what I was getting guy. into. It's like I think this movie has some of the ugliest characters in any movie we've seen yet. <laughs> Samuel Every seems character. to love that. Like he, he yeah. likes making himself uh, look like a fool and and look beat up and look ugly. Mm-hmm. But um, if if you're in one of his productions, you're along for that ride. Man. Yeah, you're gonna have a mole. You're gonna have pox. <laughs> you're gonna have like a weird patch on your head that you kind of can't even really tell what it is, or <laughs> a red nose. All of that stuff is in this film. Wu Ma gets a cameo in this intro sequence after. Uh, Lung Chang kind of handily defeats his opponent and he looks crazy. He's got like he this makeup so over his eyes. He's got red nose and these weird pox on his face. Oh man. Yeah, he, he looks like and he kind of acts like he's going to be a big part of the movie, but this is literally the only scene <laughs> right. we see him in. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. what we love about Wuma, right? Is it's like of his course. cameos are a little bit like larger than the slot like allotted <laughs> for them or something. Yeah, it's like that you mentioned how goofy the dubbing is. I feel like maybe a lot of these dubs were influenced by how goofy these characters looked on screen to begin with. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah, I'm sure you're right. So you can't really fault them for kind of going over the top with these voices because look Mm -hmm. at the stuff they're dealing with. (laughs) And yeah, they always use kind of like like for the, the Peter Chan character, like I'm not sure, but it's like, this kind of portrayal where they're almost seeming like maybe a little mentally slow. Yeah. Uh, the the dubbers always use like a, oh, Master. Like, this yeah, is kind yeah. Kind of like heightened like, voice. Sloth love chunk. Master. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but he's also got like so stuffing in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it looks like he has like little balls or something. Make it look like he, his his chin's kind of like or his mouth's like jutting out or something. <laughs> Channeling Brando or something. Yeah, um, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's kind of like a, t- it's sort of smaller characters, but uh, I also love that uh, we get to see that Yunbyu's character has this like private 
um, kung fu teachers, and one of them is uh, the villain of Magnificent Butcher, Lei Hoi San. And yeah. um, I mean, we've seen him a few times in the podcast, and I don't know. I just I love how versatile Lei Hoi San is. In these right, films. he's definitely and, a pro. You can tell, like they bring him in. You know, hey, we need you to do this. All right, let's do it. And yeah. he just kills it every time. And yeah, yeah, he's not like there's so little ego in what he does. Um, I, honestly, I think his performance in Magnificent Butcher is, I think, one of the best um, kind of villain portrayals like in any kung fu movie. Mm. Um, and here he's he's just he's seems completely content to kind of just you know draw inside the lines of this tinier part. Yeah, yeah. So after this. We've got this established, right? That Lung Chang is kind of this kind of spoiled kid in town and everybody kind of knows it, but they are just (laughs) tolerating him because he's like the son of the richest man in town. And, you know, even those kind of masters that you mentioned, you kind of get the the sense that they're just rubbing his ego. Yeah, um, Yeah, just following that, uh, Lung Chang's got a couple of friends that show up and they say, hey, we're going to go to the opera and he kind of mocks him about it. So he doesn't end up going, but they end up going to the show. So mm. this leads into our opera scene and you get to see at the same time, how I mentioned how that there's like the ugliest people in the movie in this movie. There's also like the prettiest makeup you'll see yeah. where mm-hmm. you see these people that are all decked out with their opera makeup and it looks really great. So Lam Ching Ying is like the, uh, the female lead in this play. <laughs> right. And, yeah. uh, the, that, yeah, there, there's this conceit that like one of the friends is like yeah. so attracted to, <laughs> uh, quote unquote her. But yeah. you kind of don't blame him. Like Lam Ching Ying is so good yeah, and like it off. just kind of beautiful the way he's like doing this. And I think Although, yeah, both the, is, both the Cantonese is, uh, dub and the, a little broad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just um, a bit, just a little bit. But uh, the you're saying about looking him looking like a woman. The and this sounds bad because like I know this is just what the guy looks like, but Frankie Chan has such a like very lithe build. He looks kind of like a a um, like he's sort of in drag like is, he, with he a mustache. Is a, yeah, he is a woman in in drag with a fake mustache. I, I thought that bad. too. I thought, oh, this is gonna be some kind of thematic thing in the movie, yeah. but then it was like. Oh no, Frankie Chan just okay. kind of looks that just, way. He's just hunched I totally over agree. his keyboards and his synthesizers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess okay. so. Get someone else to, <laughs> to carry them for him. Yeah, like he looks yeah. kind of like how um, uh, Cheng Pei Pei looks in. Oh sure. Um, come drink with me whenever she dr- is. Isn't that come drink with me when she dresses in drag? Or am I thinking of a different one? Yeah, well, at the beginning we've she's got, like got playing a, nice a long man. list of yeah, dressed yeah. in drag. Oh, oh yeah, right. or that happens a couple of times in movies. I yeah. know, but <laughs> or, or like yeah, like Jiangxi when she's like going off in Crouching yeah. Tiger. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. So um, now yeah. um, Lung Cheng's spoiled friends are smitten. The the lead, he's like, I have to meet her. So he kind of goes backstage and he's talking to kind of like the wrangler and the wrangler seems a bit confused he's like what are you talking about he's like i want to see your leading lady and then you see him have like a moment of realization like oh, oh. <laughs> but, but actually scene... he doesn't realize it like for quite a while so, yeah like, launching in kind of strings him along and then the dude is kind of like demanding this this date mm-hmm. um and yeah then it, it gets into this beautiful kind of like backstage little fight and then mm-hmm. eventually he kind of speaks with his 
his own. I, I love how in both the Cantonese dub and the English dub, kind of how they handle the the voice switching. Like, it's, yeah, it's like it's silly and stuff, but it's I don't know. It's great. in the English dub. It kind of remind me of like in Monty Python, whatever was a, a man in <laughs> drag. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, which I mean, I'm, I'm sure those guys that were dubbing it probably had watched at least a little bit of of that. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um. Just because I'm sure they were also British guys in the in the you know, in the right. 80s. Thank you. Please come to my room. Oh, do that to say. So when things get heated up, though, that young man he kind of throws a tantrum and he's tossing everything around, and um, then uh, Lung Yi Tai has no choice but to engage him. Mm-hmm. And this is when we first get our uh, taste of Wing Chun in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Wing Chun as a style is really. What you see is usually that you're using your opponent's force against them. Yeah. Some, something like Aikido or something like that where you're kind of on the defense, but your defense is its own offense. And you see that in here where right. they're kind of lunging at them and you sway back and you just kind of let them fall, you know, as you're defending yourself. Like, it's really cool. But the other thing that I think really makes this work is that there's this whole gimmick in this fight sequence where Lung Yi Tai is painting the kind of lead oh, yeah. troublemaker's face in the middle of the fight. And it's actually really, really well done. So there's this yeah. kind of... This feels like this kind of Yun Wu-Ping-ish, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like a narrative thing. of the fight itself where you're yeah. seeing the, his face get painted as the fight goes on. So by the end of the fight, he's got this completely done up face. And it looks really cool because it's like kind of yeah, clown really makeup. Cool. Yeah, but it's like, like the this eyes twisted... are kind of askew and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. There's this little really segment cool. of it too where they do this musical cue that sounds really like mixed up. It's like this. Oh, wing, yeah, wing, I know wing, what you're wing. talking about. That, yeah. That's really cool too. I like <laughs> that a lot. Yeah, there's a lot when of goofy, I, like little, like synthy kind of. Yeah, kind of and stings. a lot of like stingers and, and stuff. But I, I love the design of this because, you know, even though, you know, there are a lot of uh, famous male practitioners of Wing Chun around the world, it still has this history that's connected with these great uh, female practitioners, especially at the time of this film. So it's, I don't know, I think there's something kind of elegant of how the story works, where at least for the audiences, they're seeing like a sort of woman, like as the first, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. as the first martial artist to kind of use the style, and then you kind of e- ease into something else. But also, it's you know, Lam Ching Ying's forehead is like so distinctive, <laughs> yeah, um, that I, yeah, it's like that's, yeah, because I, I was you know he's your guy because <laughs> I wasn't a hundred percent of you know who the cast was when I was first watching this. So whenever I saw him, I was whenever they were saying all this stuff, I was thinking, I'll bet that's a man that is <laughs> yeah. actually that. But then whenever I, I looked it up, I'm like, oh, Lam Ching Ying, and then I looked at him again in the, in the makeup, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like his <laughs> he has a very distinct face, especially since we. Literally just saw him two episodes ago in Mr. Vampire. Right. Yeah. Well, and then one of my favorite sequences, and I think it was cut from the the first um, American version, which I think the first title was uh, Pull No Punches, you know, like a more of a chop sake, tough, <laughs> tough yeah. guy kind of title. Yeah. And they, they cut out this next scene, which I just love, which we almost turn into a quasi Peking opera musical. I was, oh, I wrote that down. It like turns into a little oh, musical it's number. Oh, so, it's so cool. And so it's like Yoon Bu's, uh, Yoon Bu and Lam Ching Ying's character are kind of like singing 
kind of against each other. Yeah, it's oh, and this it's is so really great. cool too because this is where you get to see the first step into Lung Chang's growth as a martial artist because mm-hmm. he thinks he's all badass and he's coming in to kind of be tough for his friend that got whooped on by a opera troupe and then he gets almost beat up worse because it's in front of everybody and Lung Yi Tai is just like you're nothing, man. You don't even know how bad you are at kung fu right. and. The yeah, but just to top it off, like like you said, the cherry on top is that it's like a musical sequence at the same time. This is what I was talking about when I was saying it's something I've never seen in a kung fu yeah, movie yeah, before. Totally. It's like so well handled. It's when it first started, I'm like, what is this really right. happening? And then like it's just handled so well that it's like I totally oh, agree. Man, yeah. So great. So great. yeah, it's still just really hangs together and mm-hmm. i read some conflicting reports somewhere where it was saying that this is actually lam Qingying and yunbyu singing this, you can but, kind of i mean um, i don't know for sure but you can kind of see that by by you know you can see yunbyu's the way his his body language kind of right, reads right. it like yeah these guys are really singing i'd like that to be true because it seems really cool yeah no that would that'd be awesome and also like we said uh, we've mentioned several times by now, the Peking Opera, that was the starting ground for both of these guys. They they weren't in the same school. Lam Qingying studied um, under a different uh, a different opera opera master. But yeah, I mean this this was this was a way of life for so many people involved in this in this movie. And obviously obviously Samo and and Yunbyu. Yeah the the only thing that and it's I, I don't hold it against the movie at all, but Yunbyu is just so irrepressib- irrepressibly great that it's it's sometimes a little difficult to buy that he isn't amazing. Um, <laughs> when the story wants you to think it's like, no, I'm sorry, your kung fu isn't good. There's like a little bit of like leading the witness kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, where it's like, no, trust me, I beat him in this fight. And it's like, okay. It's like, I mean, it, luckily it's like the story and the characters are all so compelling. I, I do think Yunbyu does a nice job in Dreadnought seeming like he kind of knows nothing, like in the earlier part of that yeah. film. Um, but that would be inappropriate here because he is, he is training. He just doesn't know what he kind yeah. of what he doesn't know. Although one yeah, of my never... favorite lines from the dub is Lam Ching Ying saying, your Kung Fu is non-existent. And him saying, <laughs> yeah, that's your so opinion. Good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> your Kung Fu is non-existent. That's your opinion. Uh, I think in the, yeah, in the original audio, he says like, train for a few more years. Yeah. You know, and that's like the deciding yeah, which, line. You know, which again, it's, it, it kind of shows you who... Uh, the Yi Tai Lam Ching Ying's character, who he really is, because at the end yeah, of the day, totally. he's not like I'm gonna crush this kid. He's like this kid's not trained, and he shouldn't go around saying that he's like this whenever he's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's really cool to me that first and foremost, you see that his character is like an actor. You know, his right, his profession right. is in the theater. That he's a martial arts master isn't something that he just portrays regularly. It just comes about because of these kind of encounters that are thrust in his, uh, you know, workplace. And I get the sense that, you know, like, 
if if it weren't for all of this stuff he would have just been fine being in the theater you know that's that's kind of like what his passion is but yeah totally um his love for martial arts is like very personal at the same time so this is a very kind of complex character and i i really came to love uh lam ching ying in this film it's so good man i really love how you're describing that because there's also almost this kind of force of destiny or something like lung chang like coming into his life right is, is actually is this great opportunity that he he doesn't really kind of view it that way at first, but um, they both need each other, you know. Yeah, kind of and for, and for like the betterment of kung fu. Like Matthew says, you know, like Lung Cheng ends up being the one that kind of gives Lung Yi Tai that forced growth too as a person and as totally, a martial arts totally. master. It's it's yeah, it's very well handled in this film. So Cheng really wants to after he finds this out, he's really mad and. And he runs yeah. back home to his quote unquote masters and basically tells them, <laughs> if you're not able to beat me in a fight, then you're fired. And yeah. they both kind of talk it's to each other. It's kind of lose lose for them. Yeah. yeah. They both talk to each other and like, well, if we're going to get fired no matter what, then let's just beat the crap out of it. I love yeah. that. That's so good. So street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> They're like, we're just going to go somewhere else, but let's get revenge first. Yeah. So they just beat the crap out of them. And then you get this really kind of heartfelt moment of, Lung Cheng's assistant, because Lung Cheng's so hurt, and he's like, "You guys let this happen to me." And then uh, his assistant's like, "It really hurt me when people were saying bad stuff about you." Like he's yeah. like having this kind of emotional breakdown because of it. So it's yeah. like they honestly really wanted only the best for him, but they were just misguided in how they handled it. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's what's what's great about this film is it's all the characters. Like they come off the screen, like they're respected and like they're taken seriously. It's not just kind of like a plot premise that could like drive more kung fu. Like you're really you're really invested in all these guys. Yeah, and even I, I love the way the father is depicted too. Um, you can kind of relate to him. You know, he's like an older guy, and he just he doesn't want to see his son, uh, you know, hurt or kind of go through this this torment man yet rewatching some of these scenes yeah there's just some gorgeous gorgeous camera work um throughout yeah, the movie sure. and ah yeah <laughs> and it's uh i think uh, yeah ricky lao is actually the doing the cin- cinematography here so yeah kind of cool to see to kind of see that work prior to uh his kind of run on the mr vampire movies as director mm. yeah cool so yeah and it's funny immediately after this kind of heartfelt scene and you know this kind of character breakdown um you get this sitcom situation where it's like my rich dad bought your whole opera troupe yeah. so now i'm your boss that. yeah <laughs> they're like what yeah because because zitai is just keeps refusing to, to teach chang and that eventually leads to chang tagging along with the on on the boat and yeah, Itai sees him, and he's like, what are you doing here? Like, you shouldn't be here. And he says, well, my dad just bought your opera troupe, so, you know. <laughs> Although I do like, because he, he even says, well, you guys are a successful opera troupe, so it's, he's not just doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my favorite bits, though, is uh, he says to uh, the, the assistant guy, the Peter, not Peter Chan. Um, yeah, or yeah, right. Peter, yeah, Peter Chan. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, there's a Peter Chan and a Frankie Chan. I was make sure I wasn't yeah. confusing them. Uh, he says to the Peter Chan character, basically, come attack me at random times so that uh, it, it keeps me <laughs> alert. 
Which I don't know. It's kind of like a pink. It's like a Pink Panther premise. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, oh, have, you, yeah. have you guys watched uh, Thirty Rock? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's there's an episode where where Jack Donaghy says that he has he hires a Cato to attack him whenever he gets home every day <laughs> to keep oh, him yeah, to totally. keep him on edge. <laughs> uh, but they in this next bit they you know he follows them to another town and he runs into the next I guess backstage of the next show. He sees this uh, guy in this crazy, you know, get up with this huge fake beard and this really like intense red makeup. And he is a apparently a General Quan character that takes a vow of silence whenever he puts on the makeup. Yeah. Uh, and, and all that just kind of acts. As and this a is a great kind of like sitcom contrivance because yeah. there's there's more of this kind of like playboy Casanova in the troupe that has gotten into trouble. He's actually been spending time with uh, this powerful man's wife and so he's asking Lam Ching he's like yeah kind of can I have the night off I think this guy <laughs> is upset with me and so this is this is kind of the 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 first moment really that uh Lung Cheng gets to kind of step up and and be on stage mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like you're saying then he's painted made up to be the general and has this vow of silence I think it's all set up set up pretty well so that like the kind of uh, you're like the comedy of errors. I think pays off really, really <laughs> nicely because then the the jilted husband comes with like this big gang <laughs> of thugs, and he has incredible eyebrows. By the way, it's like oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And so he's like, uh, he's like, hey, are are you playing the general? <laughs> and Yun Bio's just kind of <laughs> nodding, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then uh, they're kind of like building building him up, not realizing like it's not going to help his. Uh, his alibi and so yeah they kind of start wailing on him but he can't speak to his his defense it's also a nice character moment because um it's yet another it's yet another kind of like demonstration that you know he isn't really a bratty kid like he's he's in that kind of role like he's he is you know the spoiled son of this wealthy man but you know, he's respecting this vow of silence and that, that's got to stand for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens here is the fight breaks out and uh, Lam Ching Ying is on stage as this is happening. Uh, Lam Ching Ying looks backstage and can see that there's this huge battle going on. So yeah. it eventually spills onto the main stage mm-hmm. and the crowd is like, whoa, what's happening? And um, then what happens is Lung Yi Tai has to use his Wing Chun you know, to kind of put out this fire. But at the same time, what we've got going on is there was a character they introduced who is our Frankie Chan character. And um, he's arrived in town. And what his motivation is, is that he's looking for strong opponents to fight. So in the midst of all of this, he's witnessing the opera and he sees this fight break out. And then he witnesses Lung Yi Tai using Wing Chun. So this puts... Lung Yi Tai on uh, Frankie Chan's character's radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he's also got two guards that are played by Chung Fat and Dick Wei, which mm-hmm. is funny yeah. to me because, um, you know, there were the two like m- bosses in uh, Yes, Madam. That was in yeah, 85. Yeah, totally. So you kind of get this kind of precursor to Yes, Madam with them in this film too. And also uh, Frankie Chan has these... He, I, mean, yeah, I mean, the like only medi- meditation ball. The only thing like, I can, yeah. I always think of labyrinth whenever I see it. But oh, like, sure, sure. But he has like, yeah, like these little balls, like contact juggling, kind of like you know, yeah. I don't, there's probably better name for, but yeah, like these little balls that he's like spinning around in his in his hand. 
They're called Baoding balls. There you go. I had a set of those when I was a kid. I just thought they were cool. I didn't know what they were out for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sort of never felt like my hands were large enough to really do it. It's like a know. it's like a Zen kind of meditation thing. Yeah, totally. You're supposed to be able to rotate both balls in your hand without them falling down. It kind of I would say that kind of represents his kind of I don't know. He's got this calm, calculated way about him, mm-hmm. and I think that that kind of contributes to that air. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant device because it's like it says something about kind of how still his energy is, mm-hmm. but also uh, he has this really distinct fighting fighting style, and it almost it doesn't seem like a leap from like the way his fingers might curl around those you know those meditation balls to kind of like how he actually fights. It's yeah, it's it's just a really nice nice touch. I think I especially love when. Um, and I think that scene's kind of coming up after the Great. kind of play fiasco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is almost kind of like proto-anime um, <laughs> scene. It's, it's really awesome. There's like a strange man confronts Frankie Chan in this dark alleyway. And, the wind's blowing. Uh, yeah, it's like a wind. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. And it's shot just incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the way he <laughs> disposes of these balls, it's like... Um, he mm-hmm. puts them like behind his back and each of his goons grab one. Yeah, they like roll it's down really his back cool. and everything. And, and this, is a, this like... is a great little fight sequence. And actually the first time that you see Sammo in the film who who doubles, he's not the actor portraying this guy, but he's doubling, doubling him in, in most okay. of the fight. Okay, that makes me feel better because when I first saw it, I thought that it was Sammo, but I was like, oh, but sure. I don't think it's Sammo because Sammo's a different character, right? But okay, that makes me feel better that he does double for him a little bit here mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah but but it is um i mean they're yeah they're taking advantage of the low light a little bit <laughs> to to get away with maybe more dub- doubling than than usual i was getting like chambara like kind of samurai film vibes oh, yeah totally, I, was, I was thinking totally. i was thinking like western but it's i mean it's a similar it's same, kind of the yeah. same thing so um <laughs> but yeah but this guy i, I love because he's like like there's a different kung fu movie about this guy. Yeah, totally. totally. He apparently fought the Frankie Chan character like five or something years before, and he broke his right arm. But he's been training his left arm for the last five years. It's so great. And then yeah, Frankie Chan such... breaks his left arm. <laughs> yeah, like the one arm boxer. It's so, it's so cool and an incredibly uh, jeffable moment is at the opening of this fight. I mean, it's. Yeah, Frankie Chan versus Sammo kind of in the shadows. And it's just some incredible forms, uh, slightly undercranked, but still just so fast. Mm-hmm. And the two henchmen are in the right of the frame, just standing completely like still as soldiers. And just the whole construction of that frame with like all that activity on the left and these guys standing, it's really, it's just great. Yeah. And what's the roughest is at the very end of the fight, whenever he's on the ground defeated, the, the two henchmen go over to him and say basically, Better use the next five years to train your legs, then come and challenge our master. Yeah. Oh, dang. Cold blooded. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, also, we should say there's a, a couple of Yunbu doubles and some of the some of the more sensational kicks and stuff. Um, gotcha. In this little fight, and that's a uh, common theme in almost any any movie that either stars Yunbu or stars any of Yunbu's friends, or yeah. where he happens to be in the neighborhood. Yep. So our, our two main our two main characters, uh, Chang and and Yi Tai, they both get invited to, or either they invite him to dinner, or he invites them to dinner. I I don't 
it doesn't really matter he, the order, but he, it, I guess he invites yeah, them. He but. invites them because he wants to interact with yeah, yeah. Lung Yi Tai after seeing his moves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frankie Chan, it's uh, Ngai Fei, I think, so yeah. I say it. Uh, that's Frankie Chan's character. He invites our two our two heroes to to dinner, basically to to kind of propose, like, "Hey, I want to fight you because you're the best kung fu master here." And yeah, there's almost the sense that he's kind of like this. Uh, he's maybe the 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 darker version of kind of like the spoiled brat. Yeah, exactly. Grown up a little bit, and it's like, oh, I want to amuse myself. Any town I. Wherever I go, I want to find the best kung fu mm-hmm. practitioner. And he actually is good them. at kung fu. Yeah. But he cheats because he uses those rings. That's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking, <laughs> why, doesn't, why is no one calling him out on, on wearing the rings? He's got a ring on every finger. Yeah. It's like he's wearing brass knuckles or something. Yep. Yeah, it really is like that. But you get this kind of cool trope that you see in movies where two adversaries are kind of talking about something without talking about something over dinner you know this formal situation but at the same time they're exchanging underlying messages right and 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 lung chang kind of isn't picking up on that level of the (laughs) right of the conversation yeah it's great and this eventually leads to our first encounter between these two martial artists if you only have five minutes to watch a portion of this movie, <laughs> yes. watch this sequence. This is this is just amazing. The location, the choreography, the the camera work, everything that every extra is doing in the background, but also just the you care about uh, these the, the character motivations here. And I, I mean, I was just calling Frankie Chan's character a brat, but what I so love about this film is. You know, he isn't depicted like one dimensionally, you know, mm-hmm. um, really, as the movie goes along, you almost put more blame on his two kind of henchmen in some ways. But yeah, anyways, this is this is kind of like peak Samo style mm-hmm. choreography here. Yeah. The amount of moves throughout the sequence, like, yeah, if you could just count each attack between <laughs> the two, you would yeah, it's run like out 20 of, and 30 yeah. in one take. It's yes. like. Whoa. It's the, so cool. The close-ups are amazing because there are so yeah. many close-ups with a lot of fast cuts, but it never it never feels too overwhelming. Like, but there'll be like there's a couple of seconds in there where there'll be, you know, like four or five cuts within like a few seconds. Yeah. Man, yeah, for me this is almost kind of ideal. It's um it's not the really distant camera and kind of like two-dimensional staging that uh sometimes like people kind of characterize like 70s 80s kung fu is mm-hmm. having the camera is actually dynamic and it's it's getting in close but it's everything is just framed so well and yeah the length of these sequences are perfect and basically like when they've exploited any everything they can do from that angle that's it you, you're kind of forcing the the edit you kind of force the change of camera direction and that's part of that's part of Samo's style, I would say. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's why I think there's kind of no comparing to to like a, a Samo or Young Ping film where it's like that the eye of the director also is the eye of the choreographer and they know kind of like how to lead the edit yeah. with the fighting. Um, yes. There's cool, and, and the special features for The Matrix, they go into a little bit of Yun Ping and Yun Chunyi actually and, and their team and like how they were putting it together. And they basically made like these VHS edits like with their stunt team, like of all the fights. And it's like the Wachowskis basically followed all those camera oh, placements man. and all those camera moves and the edits. It's like, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I really need to rewatch The Matrix now that I kind of have that, this this base of knowledge with uh, the Kung Fu movie oh, yeah. choreography and everything. For sure. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's uh, really rewarding kind of mm-hmm. watching it that way. But unfortunately, this kind of uh, encounter kind of has like a tragic end yeah. to it. So what you come to learn is that Lung Yi Tai suffers from asthma, which I I can just imagine that would be a lot more severe to deal with back then than yeah. it is now. Yeah, no, for sure. No inhalers in this time period. Yep. Yeah, man. So this is another facet to this character that you learn. And maybe this is one of the reasons why Lung Yi Tai eventually had to settle on a career in acting and not mm-hmm. being a martial arts master because this really kind of takes the wind out of him Literally. and thankfully yeah frankie my f- what is it Nai oh, fei guy fei yeah that's hard yeah <laughs> i know um <laughs> he um yeah for for folks he realizes at home n-g-a-i yeah Ngai. Ngai. That's, Ngai. that's always fun <laughs> he realizes this and he says starts the fight so it's kind of like a stalemate like a technicality i guess and yeah, right, uh, right. that's the end of that sequence right there in this next bit it, it kind of it kind of sets up for a really high the probably like the darkest bit in this whole movie which oh my god which again yeah. and and some of the other movies we saw i feel like this it would have cut straight to this without like kind of leading you into it because it doesn't whiplash you tonally as much as a few movies we've watched do yeah, because uh, there is almost a sense of suspense even yeah. in the the fight we're talking about. Like, um, yeah, I, I and with that kind of like uh, fighting the one arm box or two, it's like there's something dark. With, yeah, with this guy and his game. Yeah. yeah. So the the henchmen get a message from the the duke who is Frankie Chan's character's father, and he basically has a similar situation as as Chang does. <laughs> but is, I guess, a little bit more hardcore. And instead of just paying off the masters that are potentially better than his son, he just kills them and and basically says to go and kill the, you know, kill this, this master and, you know, everyone with him, uh, which leads to our next scene where, where they break in and kill everyone. Yeah. So they're all kind of in their like kind of, Kind of ninja. I mean, it's totally ninja. Yeah, looks yeah. yeah like they black got arm like these... and the eye. Like you can only see their eyes and everything. But I also like that there's they kind of play with your expectations here because totally. they all sneak in silently and just when they're about to execute everyone, <laughs> you get this comedic moment where one of the guys like, "Go away! You don't frighten me with your dagger." and he's like talking talking out of his dream yeah (laughs) yeah and then everybody wakes up for a moment and they're like oh just go back to sleep and then uh they go back to sleep and then they enact their assassination and it's and it's it's brutal i mean i I also think sam directs it like yeah marvelously uh, but it's it's just throat slash after throat slash and then something i think that's so effective about this movie i can't think about another film that's able to benefit from this. But um, because Yoon Byu is, he's the first name in the cast. He's the guy in the poster. You know, he's the star of the movie. I think you're fully expecting, especially since he's ill uh, and sweating and having a difficult time of it. Like, well, Lam Ching Ying will probably die. I don't know when he's going <laughs> to die, but we're probably going to like lose this character. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think it's actually really, it's really effective and kind of surprising the way he's able to wake up and kind of fend for himself. Um, I don't know. Yeah. The sequence is, is really, yeah, yeah, really masterfully put together. It's really cool. Yep. So they end up having to set plate, set the place on fire. Mm -hmm. And this is like actually really involved stunt where uh, they're just straight up lighting the whole place on fire and people are performing in the midst of this blaze. Yeah, and earlier Chang gets accosted by some of the some of the guys, but he doesn't get killed. He gets knocked like knocked out down like a little cliff, and he's able to come back, knock out one of the guys, and take his garb, so he's able to sneak in. And this leads to one of my favorite shots in the movie, which mm-hmm. earlier it which is it's it's awesome that this got set up. It's not just apropos of nothing. Um, yeah, there's the the stunt that we've seen before in the pecking opera where they have like the big yeah, flag like the flag. Yeah, yeah. And people wave the flag and people do like a flip or something over it. And we get to see that here. Only it's you and you with the flag and he sets it on fire. And yeah. we see this amazing slow mo shot of him waving the flag and, and uh, Lam Cheng Ying doing uh, a backflip over it. It's got to be one of the high points of Kung Fu cinema, mm-hmm. I think, because it's like it was really these Peking opera guys that changed kind of the direction of Kung Fu movie making. Because you had this interesting phenomenon in the late 70s where all these kids had come up through these Peking opera schools and uh, so, some of us can relate to this. And lo and behold, there are no jobs for Peking opera. <laughs> um, and that was that oh, was Oh, man. That was just that was just changing in the culture, mm. but it had been this great feeding program almost <laughs> unintentionally, like for the kung fu cinema. And so, for these great opera performers in front of and behind the camera to take this, it's like they probably can do this kind of routine in their sleep. But there's this great story reason for it. You've added all this danger and the fire, and it actually kind of makes sense how Yun Bu's character is using this as both a like a weapon against these enemies and sort of as a defense yeah. for Lam Ching Ying. And it's just, it's just great, man. Yeah. It, it's really nice. And just how full the flames look in that slow-mo shot and the perfect placement of that flip. It's yeah. It, it is like you said, it's like one of the classic, like it clips from a like Hong Kong action film. Yeah. It's, and it's like perfect. you're saying, Matthew, it's like they totally earn it. Like, because you actually see this, as part of their routine, like earlier in the film. Oh, just great. <laughs> and that leads to a really rough shot of uh, Yoon Byu's character getting his arm broken, uh, oh, which like it's, it's a really good a bit of prop use where a little bit of uh, special effects where they're holding his arm out and it gets kicked in the arm, just like bends in the wrong direction. It's yeah. rough. Yeah. But they're able to but get, they make, they're yeah, able to get away. They, they get away. And the whole the whole thing is on fire. This is this is a really cool yeah, shot man. too, where we see the entire little camp they're in is all aflame. It kinda it kinda reminded me of Gone with the Wind a little bit, whenever you see Atlanta on fire. Well like just this huge set with this just on fire everywhere. No, no one's else seen Gone with the Wind. Okay. I have never seen Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah, no, 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 totally. No, it's like the raising of the... Yeah, sorry, I didn't jump in. I've never seen it. Okay. It's It really is good. Like, it's it's long, no, it's, but it really is It's amazing. And also, there ended up, like, there were some problems with, like, the fire on that set, because I think they actually ended up burning some 
elements of the uh of the stage at MGM that they kind of <laughs> couldn't repair afterwards but damn but yeah man uh, but that of course that uh this then leads to the scene that we we kind of started with with uh with Samo as uh, Wang Wang Wu Pa I think Wapo rather Wang Wapo uh yep who is uh, again kind of kind of a, a fakeo uh, Wong Fei Hung or a, a wannabe <laughs> Wong Fei Hung? I like that. Yeah, um, that's such a great fake out. You're like, wait, what? What? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the look on his face, his pouted lips, and his serious brow, and he grabs the the brush from his daughter. And he oh, before that, he just lets out a big old yawn mm. <laughs> yeah it's and, and then his first stroke he just rips the paper apart <laughs> that, that that's that okay one got me. i have some more parchment yeah yes. that that one got me um uh, oh man oh, hang on so there's good. a <laughs> that was it whenever whenever he he rips the very first one in the sub his uh his daughter says wow such concentration <laughs> <laughs> yeah they have such a cool cool dynamic mm-hmm. and it's great because there's there's no opponent here, I guess, other than the paper, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's such dazzling choreography as he's flipping around. Or we should say Yun Biu is yeah, <laughs> flipping right. around seamlessly into Sammo. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a real testament, though, to Sammo's eye as a director and, um, and just the understanding of how to edit the sequence that the you know very thin and lithe Yunbu can double for Samo and it all sort of works. Mm-hmm. And also it it's the kind of thing where it's like it's not as though Samo is an acrobatic himself. So there's a lot of clever kind of transitions where you move from Yunbu into Samo doing something really acrobatic that's clearly him. And uh yeah, it's just yeah, you kinda have to catch your breath with this. And it's also um <laughs> The final piece of calligraphy slash art that he makes is just amazing. I love it. It's so cool. There's like this huge goofy (laughs) face of himself (laughs) next to the calligraphy. It looks really good. And it's like detailed in this way that somehow feels like it's like period breaking. Do you know what I mean? It (laughs) somehow feels like that's so modern. There's a modern shading to it. If you look at the, the poster for the movie... It, yeah, it kind right. of is the same. It's it's not the same sure. picture, but it's yeah, a very similar yeah. art style. Mm-hmm. With like well, really and there's a face. shot uh, like 10 or so minutes after, after this, one of my favorite gags where Samuel punches Yunbyu, Um and <laughs> he's looking kind of straight into the camera and it's almost a similar kind of look there. Yeah, so what's going sometimes. on now is that uh, Lung Cheng and Lung Yi, Ti, Lung Yi Tai are hiding out here. And what you find out is that Lung Yi Tai and Wong Wapo, who, you know, Samo Hung, they're like brothers that they've trained together. And they're using this place to recover after escaping. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool how this all works because basically you're happy to see Samo. Um, you're happy that there's something light and fun after all that kind of tragedy and the fire and the murdering. I don't know. They have a really good sense of the audience. I think before you're kind of even questioning, like, wait, where is this? Why am? Why are we here? <laughs> um, his daughter kind of picks up, yeah, those threads of the plot. It's like, oh yeah, your brother's back, and and then she's like, she's basically going to like 
kindly give him like all this food and Sam was like, no, 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 don't give him like the pig or all the chickens. He can have some eggs. <laughs> One of my favorite gags here is whenever the whenever the daughter and Shank have a little have a little scene together and uh he's he's trying to like to get one of the chickens to eat and the daughter says like he's trying to hit me or something and it just cuts this shot of samu jumping through a window to go and find him (laughs) that one got me that's so that's so great yeah it's funny like uh i think we said before in some samu films that there tends to be a fair amount of violence towards women in Mm. samu's movie Prodigal Son is like one of the more kind of woke <laughs> Sam movies. Well, I, like I think. I mean, we do get a punch. I, no, I'm, in I'm the saying face, like you got to you got to compare like what like. I mean, yeah, it's which, not. It's not. What's more woke? <laughs> like it's graded on a curve, obviously. Well, well, I was <laughs> saying that because I, I almost didn't want to bring it up, but Sambo does call someone a uh, a homophobic oh, right. slur in the next few yeah. minutes. Which like yeah, it happened yeah. so fast, you could easily miss it. But it was just. But it's also like, Samo didn't say well, that. Sam that was the dubbest. But it does uh, say yeah. that in the subtitle, which was still kind of like that's weird that that would translate that directly. That <laughs> is weird. <laughs> but yeah, there is this kind of like wanting to like def- I don't know defend her from like almost like yeah sexual harassment. I think yeah. even in the dub, there's it's like did you sexually assault her? Yeah, I think they even say that, and it's like. But yeah, it's all, it's another one of these comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. It goes like a little bit too far for the benefit of the joke because he's looking at this chicken, like you're saying, and he's saying things about the chicken that she misunderstands yeah, to be, be like lecherous towards her. But then he's also looking at like the genitalia of the chicken and it's like, <laughs> oh, so you're a virgin then. It's like, like how, what, no, how is that any I way relevant think... to... <laughs> That's not relevant to your eggs or your meat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I don't, but also it's like Yunbi is so sweet that it's like it doesn't really. Yeah, I think in some ways he can kind of he can push he would be able to push some of that stuff further than maybe some other actors because you just like it's like oh no it's it's our little mm-hmm. it's our little guy. But. You do end up uh, seeing that uh, you uh, Lung Yi Tai and Wong Wa Po have this rivalry going yeah. on. They yeah. kind of have this like big brother little brother kind of they're always picking on each other and uh what i like about that is that when uh lung cheng ends up staying back in the other hut with lung yi tai he's kind of uh making fun of wong wapo but lung yi tai is quick to correct him saying that he's better than i am like how brothers kind of well are are never really gonna admit to each other how they feel but you still kind of understand like he he says to him like hey if you know if you learn from him you'd be better than if you learn from me yeah. that's probably kind of a cool facet of their relationship that i liked what yeah and other know. this not to undercut the you know interesting and, and insightful thing you just said <laughs> but i love that this scene starts with um he's eating he's eating a, a chicken that the daughter did eventually give him <laughs> and, and he's like oh this fat chicken reminds me of <laughs> bad guy <laughs> and he says uh he says like thinking about him just makes me lose my appetite and he puts down the piece of chicken and we see like all the bones from the chicken behind <laughs> the plate <laughs> yeah that's good yeah oh. 
That's great. And then is this when we have the like knock on the door punch punch gag? Yeah, that's what it is. Oh man, I could just, I could, like, if this is back in the, like, on a VHS tape, I'd probably be rewinding that like (laughs) 10 times. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Where he, he is, like, he opens the door and Samo's there and punches him right in the face. (laughs) And then he closes the door and and looks down, like, lower on the door, opens it up, and he's down lower (laughs) too and gets punched in the face again. It's such a, like, it's such a, like, like a, Marx Brothers or something. Kind yeah, of. yeah, totally. totally. It's so like primal. And Samuel's got these big eyes just mm-hmm. staring right at the camera. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's man. good. Some really great physical comedy in this too, which is always always nice to see because that that translates yeah. really well. Yeah, oh, totally. Sure. And also the 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 quality of the production, like up to this point, it, it yeah, it it keeps going at like that eye level, like the kind of natural candlelight inside the little hut it's just yeah just really really beautiful and even though maybe some of the dangers uh the the threat and you could argue even some of the drive of the story takes a little bit of a rest it still feels like you're in the same great hands Mm -hmm. like the same great kind of filmmaking so sam decides to start teaching his daughter uh some wing chun and (laughs) I, i love this is one of my favorite lines in the in the dub or in the sub versus the dub in the sub, he says, today he steals a chicken, tomorrow he steals your heart. <laughs> I really like that. That's such good, like, That's dad so good. advice, uh, man. Uh, but as she's yeah. as she's training, then you and Vue comes over, and, and they kind of start training together, which is, which is kind of sweet. Like, there's kind of a sweet, innocent relationship yeah. between the two of them. Yeah, and we should say he's in, like, this cast, too. Uh, yeah, because his arm got messed up. kind of a cool up. dynamic. But yeah, the, um, I just love the the whole staging of this uh, this like lo- location. The fact that they're kind of next door neighbors during this <laughs> during this kind of like recovery period, and yeah, they just kind of exploit that every way possible. Yeah, another it's super good. another gag that I think is really effective, and partly because it's not played like strictly for laughs, but she's kind of trying to teach him like this like the Wing Chun stance and everything, and and then. But they're facing opposite, like they're sorry, they're facing each other, and then she says, "Now hit me!" And so he just does what she <laughs> says, and he like punches her in the face. But then she has this bloody nose. But it it immediately cuts to this shot of Yoon Bu looking like kind of shocked and like horrible. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's it, it's the kind of thing where I feel like when her character comes up, uh, you could be almost like a little bit worried. It's like, okay, she's just gonna be the butt of every joke, um, right? There is a little bit of that, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I feel like there's kind of a, there's like a really cool kind of respect between the the characters. And Sam was able to kind of get it both ways where you get that um, knee jerk kind of instinctive laugh with something shocking, but you still care about these characters. You're not just kind of like throwing them away. Yeah. And so the, the what happened here was that with Lung Cheng around now, uh, Samuel's character, Wong Wa Po, like you were saying, he's decided to train his daughter. And then Long Chang kind of brings it up too, like, I want to learn. So here's one of my favorite parts where uh, he <laughs> decides to cha- train him on a special stance. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. it's like he's pulling a prank on him. But Long Chang is kind of rolling with it. It's really cool. It's basically like you're taking a crap. Yeah. It's, it's a just, martial arts It's just stance. him doing a stance where he squats, grunts a lot, and then, and even like grabbing the toilet paper and like pulling the little lever for Yeah. The, yeah. For- and I think that the sub version and the dub version have 
really good things in this. So like the <laughs> yeah. the dubs more on the nose, obviously. Yeah. So like uh Lung Cheng's like What do you mean great relief? Well people are full of crap they need to loosen up. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that. And the, but also the subversion He's they kind wrong. of they yeah, right. They kind of name each like step of the stance and there's <laughs> names like release the force and <laughs> and the one that i really loved was paint the buddha's face with gold so you're like miming wiping oh, your butt man. oh it's so good uh, and there's like a really f- funny like fourth wall breaking I, joke that's my favorite where, yeah yeah where samuel's character kind of pulls the handle to flush but then uh yoon Bu's character pulls it and he's like oh why didn't i get to hear the yeah because there's here. an actual sound effect whenever he does like why didn't i hear that <laughs> That's really funny. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's oh man, that's so great. I thought you were gonna call. There's a a moment just before that where Samo is um, looking out the window and <laughs> sees them training together, and from his perspective, right. he right it looks like it looks like he's touching. He, yeah. yeah, it looks like there might be like some fun. Yeah. Like, and he just like runs out with this axe, with an and axe. he's about to just strike him down without any like question and yep. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, I, this somehow is, all this broad humor, like, it works. It doesn't feel like you're in a different movie. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is where kind of this thing where Lung Cheng's kind of really frustrated with not being able to learn from Lung Yi Tai kind of comes to a head. Because Lung Yi Tai comes out and he sees that this is happening and calls him back. So he's kind of getting pulled between the two masters. He's they're like come over here and he's like ah so like they do this kind of Looney Tunes thing yeah. where he's skidding across the ground breaking to yeah. turn uh, back and forth. That's funny. But, but yeah, like pit- pitting the brothers like pride against each other actually probably ends up being the the most effective approach because then they kind of each want to impart like their own yeah their own kind of interpretation of the Wing Chun. Yep, and and this is like what Matthew was saying earlier in the film where. Uh, Leng Cheng ends up kind of telling it to uh, Leng Yi Tai, where it's like, listen, like... If every Kung Fu expert thought like you and didn't pass his skills on, Chinese martial arts would disappear. I can't force you to teach me. But listen, I'll tell you something. Your attitude towards Kung Fu is all wrong. Then Leng Yi Tai has this kind of, like, shocked, like, realization at, like, his beliefs. So, um, Leng Cheng leaves... And you kind of get it like, oh, you know, this was kind of a big argument between the two. But then later that night, he shows up again and he does the call, the whole pupil master, I serve you tea thing. And he accepts. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to finally get training between Lung Yi Tai and Lung Cheng. Yeah, we, we get to a great uh, training sequence. That's where we get that that great bit where they're training on top of the table, cause saying that Wing Chun's like a very yeah. up close and personal. And one of my favorite bits, uh, I feel like in most of these movies, people talk a lot about like, you know, honor whenever you're fighting. And even earlier, the Frankie Chan character actually stopped whenever he saw that Lam Chin Ying's character was, you know, like coughing and everything. But Samo basically says, if you find a weakness on your opponent, exploit it. And like, mm-hmm. and he he illustrates it by like whacking the view with a 
with a stick and creating like a little cut on his arm and then smacking the cut. <laughs> you see like whatever that well, happens. Well, it's really, it's really kind of uh, fast and efficient because first he actually hits that point yeah, with, with his, his hand, fist right. on the arm and he's like, did that hurt? And he's like, yeah, a little bit. And then, yeah, like you said, he like, he kind of does this like whiplash with the twig. So then he's bleeding and he's like, then when he hits it, it's like, and yeah, he's <laughs> like, you're saying it's like whatever method, um, they're almost like there is no fighting dirty. Uh, I mean, I, I, he doesn't necessarily go that go that far. Uh, you do really get the, the sense though that from both masters that they're telling you like Wing Chun is like a brutal art mm-hmm. that you're yeah. really like using your power to defeat yeah. your opponent, and that's really what matters most. Because yeah. you you kind of think the whole time that it's kind of more like this kind of disciplined martial art, but then once you actually finally hear the masters vocalize like the martial arts like wow this sounds like really ruthless yeah and it's it was it was surprising to me for me to hear that and that's why it kind of makes sense why this is you know meta i guess but then that's why it makes sense that wing chung was the was bruce lee because bruce lee kind of has a lot of overlap with mma because he's you know incorporating other styles into it along with wing chun and you know that's actually a a martial art that's actually for fighting fighting not just you know staying in a style and like you know like a almost a spiritual kind of thing like some of the shaolin stuff is but actually actually a if you get in a fight with someone you can use this to beat them instead of a more formal thing like some of the other stuff and yet it is kind of striking seeing that in in like in a kung fu film mm-hmm. where it seems like it's so much more uh more often about kind of like the honor and almost like these kind of like shaolin sort of virtues but there's there is this real kind of like grit and realism to this to this film where it does feel like it's more vital that he learns how to actually defend mm-hmm. himself because we've seen what can happen like there are people out to kill them right so yeah what we've got now is that the asthma becomes a problem again. And Lung Cheng now realizes, hey, you know, if we go back to Foshan, you know, my family's rich, we can get you help. Mm-hmm. So they make their way to Foshan now. Yeah, they make their way back. And this this leads to another kind of silly bit where the Peter Chan character is like doing this kind of, I don't know, it's almost like Taoist kind of like ritual to try to see, to try to find his master again, where he like puts the ink in, in this pool and like, it's almost like a Beetlejuice kind of thing. Almost. We're like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the next bit, we see the, the Peter Chang or Peter Chan character kind of uh, doing some like, almost like dark magic kind of yeah. stuff to try to to try to find his master and you and see him he, all uh dolled up like in uh encounters of the spooky kind too yeah a little bit um he has this like this tub where he rubs this ink in it and if you like it, it's not beetlejuice say you say name three times but it kind of is yeah <laughs> it's sort of like that where like the your master will appear in it and of course that's right whenever uh, Yun Byu comes in and and just kind of stares at him from from above it and kind yeah. of messes around with him a little bit. Then and then pushes his head into the ink and just another fun little little bit. Yeah, yeah totally, it's pretty good. And and to let you know that they are back in they're back in town. And then this next bit sets us up for the for the finale of the movie. Yeah, because um, not only are they in Foshan, 
but you mm-hmm. see that Frankie Chan is in Foshan with his goons. Yeah, and the totally. first people he runs into are the old uh, shyster masters. Yeah. And they get a bit of information uh, from them. Shyster that... Master is my favorite NES game. <laughs> oh, that's <great>. Nice. <laughs> Turbo. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, that's good. <laughs> uh, they, they lead them to Lung Chan. Because he, of course, in Foshan, he was known as the king of Kung Fu. So, yeah. of course, they're going to want to fight him. <laughs> yeah. So, they're kind of knowingly sort of throwing him under the bus. But they don't yet realize that he's been kind of training and that he's actually... He actually is a good Kung this. Fu master yeah. now. So. And it's kind of tragic here because what happens is Frankie arrives at the their residence and uh, his assistant unknowingly spills the beans and what they also see is that Lung Yi Tai is here. And yeah. this is something that I was like, man, I actually was like kind of mad at this movie for what they did. Because <laughs> I, like, I like I said, I really came to enjoy his character. And when also uh, if he makes it this far, it's like, yeah. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, what happens here is the Frankie Chan is really mad because he, he finds out that his you know that his two goons basically killed all of these all of these people uh, yeah, around right. uh, Yang Chingyi's character, and then they end up stabbing him, Yang Chingyi's character, and uh, Frankie Chan's like really mad at them, and and yeah, he's, and he's like, I know, didn't know about it, and you can yeah. tell that it's like he still kind of operates within his code of honor, but then mm-hmm. Yun Biu walks in in the scene, and it really appears that Frankie Chan just kind of stabbed him with two blades and he's ready to yeah he's ready to start start brawling but um lum ching ying's dying words are yeah basically that he shouldn't fight that it'll kind of yeah, bring, he's, all, bring all this he, revenge to his father right. and everything yeah. he realizes that he's a government official so whatever happens to him will be a you know will kind of bring punishment to his family mm-hmm. and uh yeah i in my head i kind of have like an alternate ending to this movie where Frankie's character kind of realizes all of the bad deeds that his like goons are up to and they end up being kind of like the final bosses of the film where Ooh, you know you know like it'd be really cool where it's Wing Chun versus the government and uh, mm-hmm. that'd be really cool for a finale of the film but instead we still get a really amazing fight but I feel like mm-hmm. honestly Guy Fei his character doesn't really seem like a villain to me to kind of yeah. be this kind of final stand in the film. But honestly, like we do get an amazing fight out of this. We do. So, yeah. Uh, that's where I, we're I heading like right the, now. I like the approach of it that he, again, he's not this one dimensional character and there's a little bit more of like a misunderstanding kind of at the root of, of what's happened. Um, but I kind of think you wouldn't be totally satisfied if you didn't square off against Frankie Chan at the end. Just yeah, he's how they. Yeah, he's how a, they he's such an ace when it comes to martial arts. You know, you really want to see more action out of him. And yeah, to yeah. to have this kind of the two, I I guess in like you know the good and evil side of this prodigal son idea in the film face off against each other is really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, we do this, move pretty swiftly into this uh, final fight this finale. Yeah, and this this set it, it 
Um, Great location, yeah. Yeah, this location's amazing because is it supposed to be the burned down camp? That's kind of how I interpreted it, but I'm not. Ooh, 100%. I like it's just I like that. it. Might just be like some ruins, but it kind of I don't know. I feel like even if it's not supposed to be the same, it's it's kind of thematically appropriate that it's this kind of ruined area with like these big walls and yeah, totally. Uh, and you know, big open area. It's it's very kind of video gamey, honestly. <laughs> like yeah, it feels like no, a place I that, doesn't, see that doesn't really yeah, totally. exist, but but totally works in that way. Yeah. And and also something I just noticed on a on a reviewing is that Frankie takes off his rings. He has bare hands in this final fight and is wearing a much more like plain outfit right. than he was earlier. Yeah. And the other thing I like, fight. Oh, yeah. the other thing I really like is that, like Marty was saying, Yumbu does a lot of the doubling in this movie. So one of the funny <laughs> things that you see in this fight is that Yumbu actually doubles Kicks for Frankie himself. Chan yeah. at <laughs> some of the uh, kicking sequences. So it's like this really weird paradoxical he doubles, thing. Yeah. He doubles kicking himself. Yeah, it's it's really funny. I should have been should have been Yumbu in the one. Yeah. So oh, it totally should. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's someone else that's doubling in some of this, and it's I can't quite make it out. It very well could be Lam Ching Ying, or or really, and I mean, we've got a lot of great stunt performers kind of in the cast. There's a there's a device that uh, happens a lot towards the end of the movie, which is um, we hear the inner thoughts of some of the characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it it almost goes into this point where it. It's almost like they're communicating with each other with their inner thoughts <laughs> towards the end. Sure. Did, I mean, did anybody else try it? it yeah, I know it gets, you can read my thoughts, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gets like a little bit, yeah, kind of interesting like that. But um, yeah. but yeah, really great staging for the final fight here. Um, but Samo isn't trying to kind of like one-up the final fights of the movies that have come before it and i really kind of admire it like you're saying carlos this isn't like some kind of arch villain that you want to just see you know punished like in a 10 minutes long sequence or anything yeah Um, you do get a sense of honor in this fight because there are moments when yumbu's character gets uh frankie's character to the ground and instead of pursuing an attack he kind of waits for him to stand back up yeah. Mm-hmm. And you also get to see kind of Lung Chang's growth as a martial artist using the lessons that he's learned throughout the film. So he's attacking mm-hmm. these weak points. And actually, yeah. that becomes like kind of the deciding factor in the fight because uh, he ends up wounding uh, Nai Fei and he's using I love his the techniques. effects on this. Yeah. Oh, man, like, yeah. yeah <laughs> the headbutt you're, you're the, talking about? Well, I'm talking about the, the head wound. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Sort of Every headbutt's him. Bulbous. Yeah. It like just, get, you can see it like getting bigger in each shot and it's like bleeding and stuff. It's really yeah. gross. It yeah. looks really gross. Yeah. But honestly, like in some boxing matches that I've seen in real oh, life, yeah. you'll, you'll see wounds that look like this. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the the sort of um like final blow that Frankie Chan's character like suffers it's yeah really memorable kind of mm-hmm. shot like it cuts to this slow mo as he like f- kind of falls into the splits mm-hmm. sort of helplessly mm-hmm. and then I can't explain it but there's like this close up that they keep cutting back to with Frankie Chan is kind of like panting 
and his head is down and I don't know why, but I get like so emotional just seeing that shot. And I feel like it says a lot about what they're trying to establish with this character that it's, you know, he's not like a, a, a hero, but he's also kind of conflicted and kind of misunder misunderstood. Yeah. I like that read. Mm-hmm. What happened. And it, it's, it's nice too, because it's like, like we were saying earlier, Sam was kind of teaching him these kind of tough, almost like more street, fighting kind of lessons <laughs> yeah. like where it's like yeah. you do whatever you have to do and so i think it has real impact the fact that finally at the end where he's when lung chang has clearly beaten him that he lets him go you know mm-hmm. that there is kind of the, there's there is some kind of kung fu honor or something mm-hmm. right and there's this kind of validation too that you know lung chang was kind of this fraud throughout the film and uh Naifei was this man that's looking for the strongest opponents and at the very end of the fight he admits to Lung Cheng that he's very good he's like yeah he's like you're the master yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the end of our film and well the, well, the end of the, the film the end is, is yeah. yeah one of like probably the best ending shot i think of old <laughs> But maybe any movie we've watched of all time, of, like, it, I it could be the best freeze frame ever, man. Yeah, yeah. definitely the best freeze frame. Because for me, it's like I play so many fighting games that I'm just used <laughs> to seeing win poses like this. So See, it's that's like, the yeah, thing. it's a win it. pose. It's a hundred percent like a Tekken or a Street Fighter kind of win pose. It is because yeah, like does fifteen this, years this, before the fact. At mm-hmm. least he does yeah. this flip over a wall and slings his robe back over him and, and stares off to the distance it's like i've seen that exact wind pose in in you know street fighter or something like, <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta put in the you win <laughs> right yeah, yeah for yeah. real <laughs> it's perfect so yeah that's that's prodigal son um yeah. it's a yeah it's a really fun movie again it's on amazon as well like a, a lot of these movies we've been watching recently and it's definitely worth a watch um, oh yeah this is deservedly considered a, a kung fu classic. It's got to be one of my favorite uh, kung fu films, and it has so many people at almost kind of the height of their powers, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it uh, not only does it age really well in 2018, but it's so rewarding upon uh, repeat viewing. So, you know, th- I think this this I could if you're not familiar with this film, I could easily see this becoming a kung fu you know perennial favorite or or whatever but you know it was it was weird this is the first time i had this sensation so strongly but watching it it was like oh i wish we could all just like be on the couch together watching this oh Mm -hmm. man yeah but yeah someday we'll i hope so that'll happen (laughs) have to block out like a week yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, then you can leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number Three Podcasts on all three. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And Marty, what is our training for next week? Oh, um, we... well, this was strongly yeah, this was strongly suggested by mm. by Carlos. Um, and yeah, an absolutely must watch for Samo. We're gonna jump ahead a few years, mm-hmm. um, just so that we can kind of carve out space for some of the Samo movies in this period in between for maybe a, a different kind of themed arc. But we're gonna go to the 1986 film Millionaires Express. Some people know it as Shanghai Express. And this, <laughs> this, this, movie this is, is definitely, oh, man. yeah, this is 
not only incredible movie, but it's a period where uh, Samo is just, he is kind of the golden child of, of Golden Harvest. And this is actually mm-hmm. one of the first productions where they did any shooting uh, in Canada. Yeah, um, it's a, there's huh. a huge international cast in this film. Basically anyone who was anyone at the time in Hong Kong action is in this film. It's, ah, oh, man. So we'll get to see Cynthia Rothrock again. We'll get to see yeah, awesome. Yasuaki Kurata. We'll get to see Richard Norton. Uh, Rosamund we'll Kwan again. Yeah. Rosamund Kwan, Yoon Byu. Oh, man. It just, yeah, this is going to be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely looking forward to it. So yeah. until next week, where we're taking a look at Millionaire's Express, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.